Hello and welcome to Surrendering Average. I'm your host, Joel Mahe. Today's episode is titled, How to Feel More Alive. And I just got back from a fly-in isolation trip this weekend, and I found myself asking, why do I always feel more alive and connected to myself when there's a little bit of fear present, I'm alone or isolated, and there are little to no materialistic items around me? And I really pondered this question and I explored it and went deep and I will unpack it in this episode today. So focus in and be present as you begin to surrender your average life. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope everyone's having an awesome day today. I just got back from the secluded cabin yesterday. So my father-in-law and his buddy built a secluded cabin out in Saskatchewan and they both have float planes. So you can only access this lake and cabin by air, by float plane. So it's pretty amazing and it's always an incredible adventure and a spectacular time. And when I was there, I was reflecting on this one question that popped up into my mind and I kept reflecting on and it was why do I always feel more alive and connected to myself when there is a little bit of fear present I'm alone or isolated and there are little to no materialistic items around so there's a commonality that every time I do an experience or trip like this especially to this secluded cabin uh, I just get reminded of (laughs) the the feelings that I get of feeling alive. I feel the most alive when I'm at a place and doing something like that. And I really wanted to break that down today because it was something I was pondering and it was something I explored and went a bit deeper on. And I'm hoping that me exploring these insights and thoughts and saying why I experience it um, hopefully brings some kind of new perspective into your life. So that's really all I'm trying to do here. So I'll break it down into those three three categories, which are fear, being alone or isolated, and not having materialistic items around. So the first one being fear. And I believe fear plays a major role in us feeling more alive. I've talked about how fear moves us towards change, to new results, and now to feeling more alive. And it should be pretty obvious by now that fear is not always a bad thing. If you are someone who is controlled and paralyzed by fear, it might be time to change your paradigm on fear. Now just think about it. If we do the same things over and over and over again in life because they are comfortable, because they're easy, because we're trying to avoid fear, how on earth are we going to feel any vibrancy, excitement, or sense of feeling alive? You know, we aren't put on this planet just to make it comfortably to death. (laughs) You know, we're not here just to arrive safely at our final destination. How can I go through with the least amount of fear and the easiest path to my end result, which is death? You know, if we really spin it that way, there's a lot of, you know, that's a profound statement, which some of us, that's what we're doing. And it's so important to lean into things that you are curious or excited about. 
And remember that excitement is so closely related to fear. It's an emotion so closely related that our body actually has the same physiological reactions. And usually if you are curious about something, you don't fully understand it or haven't mastered it. And when that exists, there will most likely be some level of fear tied to that. And that is a good thing. <laughs> you know, we shouldn't be taught to just run from fear and live our life as safe as possible. You know, if we're curious about something, it's because we don't fully understand, we don't fully grasp it. And when we don't know something, there's going to be a level of fear, a fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty. That's normal, that's natural. And we should not be shying away from this, moving away from it. We should actually be leaning into it. So I have a couple stories that I want to share uh, about the weekend that involved aspects that I was curious about, but also had a level of fear associated with them. And I just want to say I'm not doing these activities and I'm not pursuing these adventures to prove that I am fearless. You know, it's actually the opposite. I have fear linked to them, but I do them and pursue them because I am curious about them. And when you're curious about something, that's what makes life interesting. That's what makes life new. We should all be pursuing our curiosities. That's what brings fulfillment into our lives. So the first one being flying. Obviously, there's most people wouldn't even consider going to a fly-in cabin on an old float plane and landing on the water, taking off from the, la the water. And, you know, there's a lot of movement in those planes. And, and the reality is, you know, you're at, you're at 4,500 feet, 5,500 feet flying altitude. And if something goes wrong, you know, you're not on the street. You're not, not, you're not on the ground. There is a real level of um, risk tied to it. But, and, and along with that, I actually got to fly the plane for two hours on the way down which could again be something that's it's new it's i'm not comfortable with it there's the fear of the unknown i don't really know how to operate this thing like i don't have much practice under my belt so doing this even though it was a little bit fearful but again more so i was curious and excited about it and i'm studying for my pilot's license so going through and getting the reps, you know, yeah, it's a bit fearful. Yeah, it's a bit new. And the flight was actually pretty rough. There was a lot of movement, you know, where the, the wind's moving the plane around. There's dips in altitude. You're getting shoved to the side. But, you know, it was really fun and really enjoyable once I got into it. But I didn't let fear stop me. It could have been easy to just say, no, no, you know, it's a rough flight. Clay, man, you take, you take over. You take it on. But he asked if I wanted to fly. I said, you betcha. Let's go. <laughs> and it was, it was an awesome time. And then just tying into my story of the weekend, um, it's May long weekend this weekend. And so it's kind of the tail end of win the winter months and, and spring, uh, the start of spring. So we did have the concern that there might be some ice on the lake, which obviously we wouldn't be able to land on. And flying over every lake on the way, it was clear, there was no ice, it was looking good. And we're like, okay, we'll be good. Like every, we're getting close to the lake. And so far there's not been one lake with any ice on it. And all of a sudden we start to see the lake that we're going to be landing on in the horizon. And, and Clay Mann, my father-in-law says, oh geez, I, you know, Vedette's looking pretty, pretty white over there. <laughs> and sure enough, we get up to the lake and we're flying over it. And it is just a sheet of ice over 
you know, 80% of the thing it is you, you can't really land on except for the little outskirts, but you need a landing pathway, kind of a, a runway to come down on. So we circle the, the lake a couple of times and we spot out one area at the back of the lake that has this landing strip that looks like we should have enough room to clear and land. And then there was kind of a taxiway near the shoreline leading up to the cabin. So we, we visualized, we saw what we would do. And he said, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. Like, are you fine with that? So again, the curiosity and excitement and, and also putting my confidence and faith in the pilot who's done this many times, I was all for it. You betcha. Let's, let's, let's bring her down. <laughs> and, and we did, we, we started to come down and again, uh, not letting fear control my decision of saying, Oh shit, you know, is this dangerous? Like let's back out and let's fly home, which was the other option is turn around and fly home. But you know, there, I, I, I physically saw there was enough room to do it. He was confident in it. And sure enough, we came down and it was a, a perfect landing. And we, we taxied our way on the, on the water to the cabin. You know, there was a couple areas that we only had a couple feet that weren't between the ice and shore, but um, we made it safely and it was, it was great. So flying, that was one aspect of fear that I, I chase my curiosity. I chase that excitement and I don't let fear stop me. And, and it, it is an intimidating thing to get a pilot's license and especially a float plane license where I'll hopefully one day be exploring and adventuring without Clayman there and be able to do that on my own or with friends or whatever it may be. And that's a huge gap that I'm, you know, I, I'm starting here. So I need to, I need to face that and not shy away from it. Otherwise, it'll never happen. So the second uh, thing that kind of that I'm curious about and, and pursued was the isolation factor. So out of that cabin, obviously, there's no civilization around. There's no hospitals around. There's not even another individual around other than whoever's at that cabin. So you're completely isolated, completely alone, and there's wildlife, there's real dangers, there's a lake, there's, you know, we're out on boats, there's, you're completely isolated. It's a whole other level of isolation, which is epic, and I love it, and I love it because I'm curious about what it does for me, what it does for my psyche, what it does for my looking inward and being isolated from the busyness. It gives me time to reflect, digest, look within, experience nature, experience solitude, and it, there's so many benefits that come along with that. So I'm curious about that isolation. That doesn't mean that there isn't fear. You know, I'm still scared that there's creatures out and animals about, and I have a story to tie to this as well. Um, you know, the second night we were sleeping, it was about two hours into the night, I was sound asleep, and all of a sudden I hear a bit of like something right behind my head. We're in a cabin, but like outside, so right behind the wall, kind of wrestling around and movement, like clearly, clearly something was there. And so I'm kind of, you know, now, now it's got my attention. I'm listening and don't hear for a couple of minutes. So kind of start dozing off a little bit. And then I hear noise again on the other side of the cabin and it's wrestling around again. And so, okay, well, you never know. It might just be, who knows what it is. It could be a rabbit under the, you know, I, I have no idea. And then all of a sudden I, on the other side of the cabin, I hear this banging and like something's like hitting metal. And I'm like, okay. I was like, Clayman, my father-in-law, he goes, yeah, yeah. Do you hear our visitors? And, and so we, we kind of spring up and he gets out look outside and there's we left the barbecue out which we probably shouldn't have done on the deck but there's a bear like trying to get into this this barbecue it was a little bear but you know clayman opened the door and, and kind of the thing went scurrying away but you know that that's the realness of this isolation there's animals about there's real dangers around but i don't let that fear 
stop me from pursuing it. You know, you can be safe within the parameters of knowing what's there, knowing the risks. Um, but you know, because there's bears, because there's wildlife, whatever it is, you know, there's, I still have fear about that. I'm not a freaking robot. I haven't experienced these things many times in my life. So, you know, there is fear, but the curiosity and excitement and the benefits override and overpower that fear. And it's actually moving into the fear that, you know, that's what makes me feel alive as long as you're doing it in a safe manner. And for me, with people who have done and experienced this many times. And then I had hiking, which was another one. And I went solo hiking to, to find the next lake over. And I went by myself. I brought my, my bag, my bear spray, you know, a, a pretty aggressive knife, uh, all, some, just some things to survive. You never know what happens. And I, I had my safety bag. I told Clayman where I was going and the route I was going in case, you know, I don't come back at a certain time. And we had a game plan of, you know, what would happen if, if, I'm not back at a certain time and you know we, we, we did our, all our due diligence there but the curiosity and the thrill not just the thrill of the exciting part but just something about almost being in new territory exploring on my own like no one's walking these paths no one's walking this territory um, although I did it over a burn path where there was a, a fire so I can see my surroundings I wasn't in thick bush but um, you know it, it was it was I was curious. I'm curious to explore. I'm curious to to see what kind of feelings and sensations I will get to amplify my senses and awareness. When I'm by myself hiking, it's like you have superpowers of awareness. If you don't let fear override you and overtake you, you know, I'm hearing everything. I'm seeing everything. My vision is sharp. My hearing is sharp. I'm aware of my footing. I'm aware of my bodily capabilities of, you know, what steps I can make and not make. And it's just a really, really cool experience. And again, can be so easy to let fear prevent me from even going, you know, 10 steps from the cabin by myself. So again, within, within your limitations and everything like that, but that was another one. And the fourth one was fishing. And uh, it's just something I never had done my whole life until recently going out to the cabin and, you know, we go fishing but hauling in the fish and get them off the hook and everything, you know, there's a level of fear there. I've never done it. There's sea creatures, you know, they got sharp teeth. You got to take the hooks out. There's some fear associated with that. But again, I'm more curious and uh, excited about the the aspect of that and going out on the lake and taking a little boat. And, you know, it's, it's cool. It's fun. It's exciting. And I'm curious about it. So I move and lean in towards that fear um, because I'm curious about it. So I talked to my father-in-law about this concept and he agreed that you should lean into your fear. But his main point was know your personal limitations and the limitations of any machinery you're ever using. So in our instance, you know, an airplane, a, a, a boat, a fishing boat, whatever it is, know your personal limitations. But you also need to know the limitations of your machine. You need to know your machine. You need to know the smells. You need to know the sounds, you know, all this type of stuff. And for me, I don't get paralyzed by fear when flying, when flying with him, um, because I put my faith and trust in him, in my stepdad, because he knows his limitations 
and knows the limitations of the machine. So if I, if I just am thinking about all the things that can go bad or all the fearful aspects, well, of course, that's what I'm going to feel because our thoughts drive our emotions. So if that's all I'm thinking about, of course, I'm going to be paralyzed in fear. I'm never going to want to do that again. But instead, my thoughts are, I trust Clayman. I, I have faith in that he will do this. He's done this hundreds of times. He's been a pilot. He's been a mechanic. He's been an aviation mechanic. You know, I just put my faith and trust in him. And then I'm not feeling paralyzed by these fearful emotions, which enables me to keep doing this and keep chasing my curiosity. So on that note, that means that you need to be self-aware. And everybody has different limitations. And we need to be real with ourselves. Don't pretend we know something to appear a certain way or to show off, show off to someone. But instead, we need to be real, be truthful with ourselves and know our limitations. You know, if you want to summit Mount Everest and you've only done one hike in the mountains, you don't know your limitations. You know, you're probably going to die. And understand the gap that exists in your life from where you are right now to where you want to be. And But don't let that stop you. Don't let that gap of, oh man, I got a long way to go. Don't let that stop you. But know your limitations because not knowing your limitations is where the real danger exists. So the only way to minimize the gap that I'm talking about from here to getting there is through experience. You know, as I mentioned, Clayman's been a pilot for many years. He's explored, he's worked on planes, machinery for many years. He has accumulated the uh, necessary experience and his limitations are proportionate to that experience much higher than my limitations when it comes to exploration, outdoor awareness, and flying. And that's why I want to go on as many expeditions with him so I can start to close my gap so I can one day fly an adventure without him by my side. But, you know, that's a, I have a huge gap to go. So I, that's why I continue to go on these adventures to close my gap because that's the only way of doing it through experience. And this relates to anything in life, not just flying and exploring. But, you know, if you want to start a new business, if you want to do something new, if you want new results, you know, there's going to be a gap and you need to know your limitations and be self-aware and real with where you are now. That doesn't mean you can't get to where you want to be. You just have to be real with yourself and say, okay, I got a lot of work to do. How do I start, um, you know, doing things and experiencing them? Because that's the only way to shorten my gap of my limitations. And even when I was on my hike this weekend, you know, I, I had to listen to my limitations and this i went on the hike after we had that conversation about limitations so the whole hike as i mentioned i was kind of staying in a burn where there was a forest fire so i can see for you know quite pretty far around me i wasn't limited to my visual sight i can see if there was any animals coming i could see what my terrain was going to be coming up you know there was it made me feel more safe i didn't feel comfortable by going into the thick bush by myself and we got, I got up to, um, I saw the next lake and I saw that I was going to have to enter the thick bush to get through to the very last portion. And there was no real entry path except this one looked like a clear path going into the bush. So, 
you know, I, t- I took out my, my knife and I had my bear spray ready and I started to enter the, the forest. And of course, going down this path, clearly there's a path for a reason. And I started to see a bunch of droppings, you know, there are a lot of moose droppings and pretty fresh droppings every like five, 10 feet. So I was like, oh shit, you know, now, now I'm a lot more aware. Now I'm a lot more cautious and, and, you know, I'm, I'm moving slower and I hear, I hear a sound. So of course I, I stop my tracks and I, I stay and I listen for, for like 10 seconds. And then I hear a, like almost sounding like a tree branch completely cracking in half. And I see a, a, sh- a dark shadow up, up above the path with movement. And I said, okay, <laughs> there are, there's my limitation. It has been hit time to turn around. So I didn't get all the way to the lake. I turned around and after that, I was very aware and more aware and and cautious of of my surroundings and got out again to where I can see around me, see if there was any, you know, animals around me and, and made my way back and it was fine. But, you know, knowing my limitations, not pushing through and not saying, oh, let's see what happens. Let's see if I can, you know, find another way around this. It was like, okay, you know, I, that's about as comfortable as I am with my limitations. I don't want to freaking come face to face with an animal here, no matter what kind of animal it is. Um, I'm, I'm good. You know, I didn't reach my full target end goal of getting to that lake. I got pretty close though. And uh, we're turning the, the ship around. So know your limitations. Um, but yeah, summing up fear, change our relationship with fear. Because just for, even the instance of going to the cabin, if I let fear stop me, you know, what a weekend I would have missed out on. And, and and the things I'm chasing, not chasing, but moving towards in life, becoming a pilot, exploration, wilderness, outdoors, all these things that I'm super passionate and curious about just wouldn't exist in me. And without that, that minimizes my excitement for life, that fulfillment and that feeling of being alive. So the second category through the weekend was solitude. Um, and a lot of people get uncomfortable if they have to be by themselves. And just a quick example of this. Next time you're at a store or in line, if somebody's by themselves, watch how quickly they reach for their phone. Instead of being by themselves, being with their thoughts, being comfortable with being uncomfortable by yourself. You know what I mean? Just being with your, your mind. Instead, we distract ourselves. We reach for that phone. But the beautiful aspect about being by ourselves um, with some practice and proper awareness is that our inner truths, desires, and needs begin to reveal themselves when we are in complete isolation, solitude, just with ourselves. Now, you don't need to go to a secluded cabin in the woods to experience this, although I'll say it certainly helps. Um, But we can do daily practices uh, such as journaling, meditation, a walk in nature by yourself, where we consciously focus inwardly and the internal connection will lead to more clarity, especially with the direction that you want to go in life. And going inwards eliminates And this happens because when we go inwards, we eliminate external distractions and external comparisons. External comparisons sidetrack us away from our 
true nature, our true desires, what we want, because we end up comparing, we end up saying, oh, that looks cool. I want that. But do you actually want that? Or do you want that to fit in? Do you want that to look good? But when we're just by ourselves, there's nothing to compare against. So you're forced to search for what is intrinsically important to you. And another interesting point that I realized while I was physically separated from everyone in that isolation is that I actually felt more connected to the people I care deeply for. Now, this is an interesting one because it's not what you would think, but you don't need to be in the presence of someone to feel powerful emotions, especially powerful emotions such as love. You know, feeling the emotions and reflecting on how grateful I was to have these important relationships and people in my life when I'm not in their presence was actually more powerful sometimes than when I'm actually in their presence. And I I realized that I should not be taking their love for granted. And this also amplified that sense of feeling more alive. I was fully feeling those emotions more so than I do when I'm actually in the physical presence of that person. So it's interesting how that works. So there's a lot of power behind isolation and solitude. It brings those deep realizations. And that doesn't mean that because I don't see you doesn't mean that I don't feel that certain way about you. In fact, I actually feel more deeply, more love for Jess. You know, like it was, it was interesting to just notice that. So, it, you know, it might be beneficial to, to have some trips away from your loved ones, especially during the COVID times when you're with your, your partner or family every single day, day after day, you know, having that breach, that isolation from Jess, um, the person who I live with every day, you know, it, it helped a lot and it, it just helped me reframe and again, feel those powerful, deep emotions And even if codependency is something you're struggling with, you know, that exercise of going away and going on a trip of isolation and solitude can can drastically help. So the third category, um, which I reflected on, was not being surrounded by materialistic items. Now, take take away the float plane because that was pretty cool and materialistic. But, you know, it was once I was actually at the cabin that I'm referring to and I see the benefits and believe there's power with minimalism. I, I don't think uh, I'm someone who could actually live my life as a minimalist with just minimal things. You know, I do like some things. I think they're cool and they, they can amplify experiences. But I do believe it is beneficial for me anyways to incorporate some of those aspects into my life. Having less, needing less. And when we're surrounded by things, things... Our mind is constantly occupied. When we have things, those materialistic things, it's just occupying our mind. But when we don't have anything, it's just our minds. And then that's where we see where our minds go and what's actually in them and what they're doing or what it's doing. And we aren't always living. Rather, we are just distracted by materialistic things. And when I was at the cabin this weekend... The lack of distractions made me feel alive. Also being surrounded by nature was an absolute powerful experience. And nature can help us tap into our inner selves. And it helps me feel more grounded. And simply by surrounding myself 
by something that doesn't need materialistic goods to survive helps to remind me that I don't either. You know, nature doesn't need things. Nature doesn't need a new car. Nature doesn't need a home. Nature just is. It's beautiful and it's being and it's a living thing. And it, just by seeing that and being surrounded by everything around you doesn't need things, it kind of puts it into perspective of like, ah, oh, you know, do I really need all these things? And it makes you just question your paradigms and just really grounds you into what you actually need to survive. And sometimes that's, that's a lot less than you actually might think. And I think we can all learn something from that and try to incorporate a little bit of the old, simple way of living and being connected to your mind and body rather than occupied by things and distractions. So I just wanted to give you guys a little breakdown of some of the realizations I had this weekend and hopefully that might bring a little bit of insight or different perspective to your life about feeling alive. You know, those three categories really help me feel alive. And I would just like to leave you with some closing words. We are not here to live in order to make it comfortably, comfortably to death. We are here to feel alive. This might include changing our relationship with fear. Don't pull away from fear. Rather, know your limitations and move towards the aspects in life that excite you and that you're curious about. Try to incorporate some type of isolation and have practices that can facilitate the isolation with your mind. And finally, don't create a dependency on materialistic items. Frequently tap into your consciousness and get to know your inner self more frequently on a deeper level. Don't be the best version of your limited self. Your limited self will want you to stay in the comfort zone, leading you to stagnation not experiencing any change, excitement, or curiosity. Start to align your actions to feel more alive today, and you will surrender your average life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have an amazing day. Take care.